0: Hello, everyone. This is Mary Curick with Frontrunners Innovate. And uh, I am just thrilled to introduce to you uh, Priyansh Shah. And Priyansh is uh, interning as a doctor in India in the cardiac space. And uh, but before we get into that, what he's doing is what got my attention is he's uh, the founder of the World Youth Heart Federation. And so we do want to talk about how he's working with youth and, and when this whole effort started. Um, you can't have enough youth in medicine and in the types of work that you're doing, uh, Priyansha. And so we just, first of all, praise to you for all that you're, you're doing there. But it, he, as I told him before we got on record, now that you've stepped in the leadership spotlight, but becoming a founder of an organization that does good, then you've got our attention and we want to let everybody know what it is that you're doing and then see how we can kind of connect you forward. So let's start with getting to know you a little bit. So uh, feel free to introduce yourself by way of your background, what brought you into what you're doing, okay?
1: For sure. Thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. I'm really glad to be here. And I would really like to congratulate you for all the connections you've made in the past and the effort of making more connections in the future. Uh, SDG 17 is the way to go. It is. So (laughs) before, so like uh, to begin with, I'd say that I, I think, my you know interest in medicine began when i was in uh, i'd say ninth or 10th grade in my 11th grade i lost my uh grandmother uh, due to a uh, sudden cardiac death and just one year later it, it, when i was in my 12th grade i lost my grandfather due to a heart attack and for that was much more traumatic for me because i actually saw him lie on the ground i gave cpr to him and uh you know, by the time we reached the hospital, he couldn't make it. And then I entered medical school. And when I entered medical school, I just realized that this problem is, uh, so I felt that it's something which runs in my family and heart disease is something really bad. So, and once I entered medicine, I understood that it's it's a global pandemic. The numbers of NCDs are rising and almost 17.9 million people die because of cardiovascular diseases each year. That's like, The highest number of deaths due to any particular disease. So that just, you know, put more interest Mm -hmm. towards this field. And uh, in in my uh, second, third year of med school, I joined an organization for medical students where I served as the National Officer for Public Health. So that actually introduced me to the impact that we can make via public health projects and campaigns. And a, you know, in uh, medical school, while you're doing clinical practice, you learn how to treat an individual patient. But uh, when we're looking at things from public health perspective, we're looking at the masses, and we're looking how we can prevent diseases in so mm-hmm. many people. Mm-hmm. So, with that, we launched multiple campaigns. I uh, after that, I was also part of. Uh, I was I served as a vice president for finance at a global surgery uh, organization called Incision. And uh, I also organized uh, the first digital pre-WHA. So it's uh, the uh, youth event, which takes place before the World Health Assembly every year. So it's organized by IFMSA, which is International Federation of Medical Students Association. So I was one of the organizers of that event. And unfortunately, we couldn't fly to Geneva because of the uh, COVID wave. Mm-hmm. but we at least held it online and made it possible and this brings me to the world youth heart federation so after this during the pandemic when i was in my final year uh, i was sitting at home and i'm that kind of a person who comes up with ideas every now and then i you know i come up with a new <laughs> idea i run to my father and you know say that it, you know i i think there's a business opportunity here or there's something good we can do here Mm-hmm. And he just asked me to Google it and, you know, probably give a few references that it's already there. <laughs> so that's how I, you know, that's how I work. And I had a lot of these ideas, you know, in my notebook. Mm-hmm. And uh, during COVID, when, you know, all our classes were shut, or everything was closed, I, I had developed the idea of World Youth Heart Federation. So what we're aiming at, uh, WIHF is promoting intersectoral collaboration because we feel that a lot of major health organizations, they're mainly doctor centric. Mm -hmm. And today we know that we cannot tackle any diseases, any disease rather with uh, only medical knowledge, but we need a lot of aspects to it from different professional backgrounds. Mm -hmm. So for that, we started WHF with five working committees and they go with the acronym of HEART. So ED stands for health education, than entrepreneurship, advocacy, research, and technology. So, up till now, we've worked in a lot of uh, healthcare NGOs, which mm-hmm. uh, you know work on advocacy, research, and education. But few of them work on technology and entrepreneurship. So this is something new that we yeah. are trying. And under uh, WHF, we started off in uh, March 2020. Uh, so it's it's almost been uh two years now. Yeah, I was uh, going to ask you when you
0: started this.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and that really so we, was towards the
0: end of your. You had one more year to finish because you just graduated from med school. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, <laughs> and that's that's supposed to be the toughest year, but because of I COVID, we didn't have a. <laughs> and I came up with this during that year, so it was mm-hmm. uh, it was something great, I'd say. Like and. Uh, we did a lot of amazing stuff with it so uh towards the end of the first year we organized our first annual conference called the heartbeat where we organized uh one of the first and the largest uh digital bio design workshop specifically focused on cardiovascular health
2: mm-hmm. so
1: uh, here in biodesign, we brought in people from technology and we brought in people from healthcare and how uh, we can simplify innovation uh it was a workshop on that and it saw i, I think over 2000 participants had attended that event and yeah so that that was towards the end of the first year and we just began working on our efforts mm-hmm. when the second wave hit which was much worse than the first wave so uh, Currently, we have a network in India where we have an outreach for 15 to 20,000 people across India and over 600 members, and most of us are from the medical background. That's so true. what we observed during the second wave was we felt that we had to halt all our efforts and we had to focus on COVID. So we devoted all our efforts towards COVID relief, and we made a, a huge impact during that time, I could say. So uh, we initially started off with a helpline, uh, which worked well. We mm-hmm. then later developed an application, uh, which was a step further than a hel- helpline mm-hmm. to you know, help patients connect in the rural areas. And then what we were observing, so I was working, I'd worked in the COVID ICU for almost a month, and we used to watch patients die, uh, like in, in, so we had eight-hour duties and in our eight-hour duties in an ICU, we used to see almost in a uh, room with almost 40 beds, almost six to eight people died every day. So it was that bad heartbreaking. You
0: know?
1: yeah. And and it feels so bad that you know you wake up uh, like the next day you go for your duty and the person you were talking to yesterday and you just started talking to it, they aren't there anymore and. People also were so frustrated that, you know, they don't want to live. They were like, you know, get the mask off me and all of that. So, Mm -hmm. but uh, jumping out from that, uh, what we observed that particularly, particularly in our hospital, we had a shortage of a medicine called heparin. So heparin is, uh, you know, it's used to bust blood clots. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of patients during COVID died due to a a thing called pulmonary embolism, Mm-hmm. So uh, we needed heparin for that, and a lot of times we didn't have it in our government supplies. So we had to ask the patients to get it, and sometimes the patients weren't even able to afford that medicine. So the people used to die because of preventable uh, medicine uh, deficits. So that's when we identified that the need is not only the uh, you know hyped-up oxygen concentrator, which was showcased everywhere, but on ground, there were a lot of other supplies which were lacking here and there. So we started with local heroes project wherein we, uh, we had three steps. So we, it was a hyper-local model project wherein we identified the needs, by yeah. people at the hospital used to identify the needs. Then they used to assess manufacturers and sources from where they could get those supplies. And then they used to raise funds locally We also tried a couple of national fundraisers, but what we observed was uh, people at the local level felt much more uh, towards helping out their own local community. So uh, I'd say that initially when we started the national campaign, the national fundraising campaign, we raised around uh, 50 to 70,000 rupees in the national campaign. But when we moved on to this hyper-local model, uh, across India, we worked in over 58 cities in all the states of india and uh, we were able to uh, you know provide targeted supplies uh, worth almost 25 lakh rupees uh, across india and that impacted over 4 lakh uh, patients and frontline workers across india so wow. th- that was uh, something yeah thank you so much mm-hmm. so that was
2: Oh, we froze up. See if we can get him back.
0: Priyansh, you've frozen up. So my guess is I might've frozen up on your side. This happens periodically. Let's see if we can get, get ourselves
2: back. Patience, everyone. Now, <laughs> well, this is what happens
0: when we are talking with people from, from far away. <laughs> so we're going to give him a second. Here he comes back. Let's see if this helps. Here we go. You back uh, yeah yes. I'm, uh, I'm so okay sorry. yeah you froze up so i've told everybody to be patient <laughs> don't, don't <worry. laughs> yeah so well let's let's go forward from where you're at i mean my goodness uh this is fantastic people lots older than you with lots more experiences haven't even accomplished nearly this much um so this is just saving lives is important all by itself but the way that you're going about it is 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 basically is that that whole number 17 we talked about, the partnerships, is bringing so many people together to, to accomplish the, the common goal. So talk to me about, you know, where you're now, you know, we know a little bit about what you've been doing with the organization. Talk to me about what's coming up, what's happening now, and what, how are you moving forward this year with it now that you're out of med school and you interning as a doctor in a hospital there. So talk to us a little bit about going forward.
1: For sure. So, um, just before the pandemic, we uh, we planned to work on uh, strengthening the rural areas, and during the pandemic, we understood uh, the lack of resources there. So, the current project that we're working on is strengthening the rural healthcare system okay. uh, under Project CardioGram, where "cardio" means heart and "gram" means village in Hindi. So. Okay. So this is a project that we've started off and we've uh, we've been working on it since July. We've come up with the framework based on a hub and spoke model, wherein we're placing digital ECG machines at rural uh, primary and community health centers and connecting them with the hubs in the cities, where, which are uh, big hospitals, which have uh, emergency cardiac facilities. Okay. so these uh, hospitals uh, they they're able to respond to the ecgs which are recorded in the villages uh, via telemedicine applications okay. and uh, yeah. this will in turn uh, reduce the time so usually what happens in an a acute condition like a heart attack that if you're able to if the patient's able to reach a bigger hospital within 1 hour mm-hmm. uh, the chances of survival are like over 80 to 90% that's called the golden hour in uh, a heart. So uh, if we were able to reduce that time spent, so that is one thing which we're aiming at. And secondly, most of the people in those villages, they've not done any of their routine checkups. Most yeah. of them wouldn't even have done their uh, blood pressure measurement. Yeah. So we are also, you know, uh, having a lot of mass screening camps at those places to mm-hmm. uh, have a full NCD screening camera and we are screening for non-communicable diseases like mm-hmm. diabetes, Uh, cardiovascular diseases and a couple of cancers if required so uh, that is where we're going currently where we are at with that is we've developed a model uh, system a working uh, model of this in Gujarat, and we've recently bought uh, 52 digital ECG machines and we're in the process of deploying these machines and setting it up and once deployed, they'd be uh, they would give access to one point two nine million rural inhabitants to cardiovascular care. So uh, every primary healthcare center caters to a population of thirty to fifty thousand people. So when we'd yeah so when we uh, be deploying these machines, we'd be there. But uh, what problem that we're facing, in where uh, you know next partnership that we're looking at is. Uh, the acceptance rate at all of these villages is still quite low because, you know, using digital technology and having the, they might not even have the human resource. So what we are trying to work on next is having local champions. So probably uh, helping uh, the local villages by education or maybe, uh, you know, food or some other way in return of the work that they're given at the hospital. So with that, we might be able to benefit a family, uh, family's education, or uh, we can say livelihood, and they can also work diligently on this uh, at the hospital. Mm-hmm. So this is one area that we're currently exploring, and um, so this is our flagship project. Under each of our working committees, we're working on various projects. So for example. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start with health education. So in health education, what, we, what we're currently working on, a, uh, I, I'd say a program wherein, uh, in, in, I, I'd say in the last one year, a lot of young uh, people in Bollywood and uh, in I, I'd say famous people have died because of uh, sudden cardiac deaths. Mm-hmm. So that is something which is very preventable and that usually takes place when a person is exerted either mentally, emotionally or physically. Mm. So we're trying to uh, begin a program for gyms uh, wherein we'd give them a training on uh, emergency cardiac care and we'll connect them to the nearby hospital. So in case a person has any problem uh, while they're exercising, they're able to quickly take action. And uh, I'd say unlike a lot of uh, places, I'd say in Europe and US, they do have AED machines at gyms and some public places. We don't have those AED machines in India because they're very expensive to Mm -hmm. uh, keep in such small places and most of the people don't even know how to use them. So we're trying to fill that gap with education and uh, also working on various uh, multilingual educational projects for patients when we make a few videos and circulate it for patients' uh, information. Uh, Mm -hmm. Then in entrepreneurship, we're planning to organize a hackathon uh, probably by this fall. And in this hackathon, we're uh, planning to, uh, after the hackathon, the winners, we're planning to accelerate uh, top three to five winners with their projects. Uh, So that is the big uh, thing. And it'll obviously involve the biodesign workshops. It'll be like a full workshop when they're trained on how to begin a, a startup and then, you know, how they could go ahead with it. So that's an entrepreneurship. In advocacy, uh, India recently started the National Digital Health Mission, uh, wherein they're trying to digitize health. So we're planning to advocate for the involvement of youth and, uh, uh, you know, taking up digital health at a larger scale in hospitals uh, in advocacy and, you know, working on policy documents and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, in research, we're working on mentorship, mentee network, and we're going to work on large-scale, um, multi-centric research projects. One of the flagship research projects that we were planning to start, we we're planning to start since a couple of years, but haven't been able to do so because of COVID, is uh, the blood pressure study. Mm-hmm. So uh, India has one of the you know highest number of people with high blood pressure, mm-hmm. and our blood pressure guidelines are usually adopted from either European Society of Cardiology or uh, you know somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's not based on the research done on the Indian population. So we still we lack. lack culture, that
0: not on, the, yeah, you yeah,
1: exactly. All of the above,
0: <laughs> genetics and everything. <laughs>
1: exactly, back. because oh. it, genetics is so important in this, and our lifestyle, our culture, mm-hmm. so many things adds on to it. So we we planning to work on this research study, but you know, once we have a little lower COVID restrictions, we would probably be able to go ahead with this. But that's one of the flagship research projects we're planning to begin with. Wow, and, you are
0: uh, one busy fell. <laughs> <laughs> so talk to us about the book you mentioned to me a while ago that you're, do you yeah. You're doing? yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, so uh, currently I'm also writing a chapter in uh, a book on telemedicine. Uh, which is being authored by Dr. Amir Pat and Dr. Andrew Freeman. Mm-hmm. And in that chapter, I'm talking about our experiences of mm-hmm. uh, Project Cardiogram. So how we've, uh, we've been implementing telemedicine in India mm-hmm. and what obstacles we're facing, what are the lessons we're learning and what people could take care of when they're trying to implement it in the rural areas. Because I- I'd say we've worked for over eight months and I think we still have almost seven to eight months before I, I, I could say we have a very solid uh, working system. Because every time you have something set up, you face a problem. And these are the problems you cannot identify at a theoretical level. So it's only when you're implementing it, you understand what are the problems you're facing. So uh, that's an, uh, I, I think, added on to that, I, I, I'd say, uh, one thing we're looking forward to and we're trying to actively work on is uh, an application so we're uh, to connect all of these we're working we're trying to work on a web application but we are still struggling by for developing the web application because it's so uh, you know difficult to catch hold of proper uh, have a team on the web application side and get working in that area so we have a I'd say a uh, uh, low fidelity mocks for the website ready, but we, we're still waiting to implement it. So I, I, I'd say that is one of the biggest areas where uh, we would require some collaboration and help. Okay. So
0: you, you've been identifying all along. You knew I was going to ask you about partners at some point, but you've been identifying some. But before we get to that, tell me you know, you named this the world, uh, you know, in the very beginning, the first word in your organization's title is world. And I've heard a lot about India, but I, I can see that you're you're there, and so you know about the problems and what you're experiencing there. So, basically, the seed gets planted there. Where do you see this going around the world? How do you incorporate the world in what you're doing?
1: Sure, I, I, I think that's a very, I'd say that's the next temporal event in our plan. And currently, so uh, just a little background on this, the. Organization. So our organization is registered as a Section Eight company, which mm-hmm. is a type of NGO, but has a structure of a private limited company. Yeah. So most of the NGOs, healthcare NGOs that I've worked in, all of the roles have been voluntary. Currently, at our organization, all of the people are working for the because of the sheer passion they have for this area. Mm-hmm. But uh, after a point, you know, we we require that uh, you know they're a, they're properly. Uh, you know, they have a proper stipend or a salary, at least for the work that they're putting in as some acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. So that is where we're shifting currently. So we've started off in India, and we're currently regularly uh, changing the structure. So what we are right now from what we started is quite different. So I'd say by the end of next year, I'm uh, hoping that we have a structure wherein we have been honorary, a bunch of honorary positions and a bunch of executive positions who are putting in the hard work and who are managing the execution. Mm -hmm. So those would be the uh, people who would receive some compensation. So once that system is established, I am looking forward to being established, like looking forward that it gets established by the end of this year, hopefully. And we've identified uh, six uh, countries where we have colleagues so if we wanted to expand, we could have expanded very, you know, rapidly, but it wouldn't have made sense that when so many people are involved and we keep changing the structure. Yeah. So uh, there are two things which will be very important. So the website, what we are planning. Mm-hmm. So the web application would also give access to a lot of material that we've created to people who are starting off in their countries. So it becomes extremely easy. You can probably start off in a company in a month, uh, in a country in a month. And the countries that we've looked at, our main focus would still remain at the low and middle income countries. And we would try to uh, next, we try to take up one to two countries in each of the six WHO regions so mm-hmm. that we get ideas on uh, what are the different challenges that we're facing in different regions. And once we we'll then take our time, we'll take a year or two with those one, two countries we will not expand more than that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll see how it's working in those countries. And after that, we'll uh, probably expand in the entire region. Sure. And I think that, that, that should just take you know, six months or so. So you know, you know how you might have heard the bamboo tree, the Chinese bamboo tree. It, it takes a long while to get up the ground. But once it's up, it, it goes. things happen quickly. Yeah, and I have that, a yeah, feeling I, that's
0: I, the way it's going to be with you. Yeah, <laughs> I have a feeling that's definitely going to be the way. Can you share what some of those countries are?
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, we've, uh, we're looking at Colombia. Uh, then in Africa, a lot of people are uh, interested. So we, uh, because I've worked in, uh, with a lot of people across the world, I have colleagues. So we've people from Egypt, Cameroon, DRC, Nigeria. Uh, yeah. All of these countries, we have uh, our colleagues who are ready to take it up whenever they're, we're ready. Okay. So that's in Africa. In Europe, we have uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. Then uh, so I, that's one country uh, where we're looking to go. And um, it, it, it's it's also possible to go in a few of the developed countries if we may like uh uk or the united states mm-hmm. but the models there would be completely different so again that would be yeah how we that, the models
0: would be, be a, probably somewhat different everywhere you go just because of I agree, explained about what happened you know for, why was, you know why that ha- thing happened the genetics and the culture and everything um, and largely you know what their habits are and their eating and everything what they you know what they consume on a regular basis and and lifestyles that, you know, that is, that exists. When you get to Nigeria or anywhere in Africa, we need to (laughs) talk. Okay. So when you're ready for that, yeah, we definitely
1: need to talk. So so just a uh, uh, quick thing. So we currently have one of our partners working in Kenya uh, for a project on cardiovascular screening. So I, I think I'm, I'm saying next year, but it might just be sooner than, it might just be mid of this year that we start because you know the, there's so much need that we can see in Africa
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so many people out there who would really, you know, pumped up to take things up. So mm-hmm. I, I, I think, uh, I, I hope we can start sooner than uh, one year, but yeah. yeah, a lot of places, we've, we've already uh, have small aspects of our work beginning so
0: yeah very cool excellent well I'm gonna uh, have you stay on for a minute afterwards so I can share something with you but uh, as we exit out tell us uh, remind us again what types of people that you need to meet to kind of help you move forward now that we know where you're headed (laughs) you can tell us
1: for sure thank you so much so uh, we're looking at people uh, probably people interested in healthcare in different countries who are interested to take this up in their countries because uh, we're planning to expand soon uh, within the next year so if you're interested uh, you know they can contact us and they can be in the loop of what's happening so it's easy for them to set yeah. things up there so Is i think there a newsletter be,
0: or anything where they might be able to sign up to get updates on how you all are moving along
1: uh, we we're, we're working on that so that should be up soon hopefully we're still working on the website aspect but yeah uh, we'll if as soon as it's ready i'll you know send across a crossing link
0: so, so anybody yeah. watching that is looking at this yeah. and thinking this might fit within the structure of your own NGO, um, because mm-hmm. I could see the types of people that you're partnering with already in India, I could see those types of people also being in our, uh, you know, our viewership. And I could see lots of uh, NGOs that tap into the healthcare and maybe, maybe it's not just healthcare, maybe they're into the demographic. That you pretty much are aiming for, and so being able to offer this as part of a wellness or something like that, being able to establish it within their framework and within their location, um, I could see being pretty useful. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're I watching should, this. Sure. You- you know, definitely uh if you know, come to me if you can't, you know, we'll we'll put his LinkedIn profile, we'll put whatever information and links that he provides us so that you can get a hold of him. But uh all else fails, get to me, we'll get get it to him, and he can keep a running list of who all wants to be uh apprised of anything that's that's coming up. So anybody else that you're looking for? Any yes. other types? So We're also
1: we're also looking at uh people in tech, uh, because currently what we're working on is uh huge health data. And uh, there there are a lot of uh, AI uh, algorithms which can be trained out of it. So our tech team is working in that area, but we still require a lot of help in the tech aspects of things. So right from uh, website uh, development, web application development for the telemedicine aspect to uh, AI machine learning and blockchain probably uh, for these areas. So people in tech uh, who can who are interested in digital health probably so mm-hmm. that would be i think the second place where uh, okay. we require help going ahead okay
0: excellent um how can i ask you how you've been funded to this point are you are you making use of any grants uh, world health organization any other large ngos that are helping you out so uh,
1: up to now we've 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 just been working on uh, local collaborations and patients. Uh, so we've, we're still looking forward to have grants for our projects so that we can take things ahead. Mm-hmm. We haven't received any yet. Most of our funding uh, has come from local collaborations, So it's still a sizable amount, uh, but yeah, we're still looking for grants uh, in the healthcare area to progress okay. uh, with it. Yeah,
0: yeah. fantastic. Well, this is great. Stay with me for a minute, uh, Priyash, and I'll say goodbye to everybody else. If you're watching this on YouTube, go to www.frontrunnersinnovate.com where you'll see this uh, interview embedded and then all the other information that Priyash is going to provide to us. So you'll have links, you'll have, you know, maybe some pictures. We'll ask him for some pictures. If he's got a bio, a speaking bio, that would be great because I know some of you would like to probably get him as a speaker because he's very good. So thank you, everybody. I'm going to say goodbye to you. Bye-bye till next time. Happy front running.